What's up, guys? Jared here from the Dad Tired Podcast, where we're helping men lead their family well. Super good to be back here with you. Uh, Some of you may not know that one of the things I do is travel all over the country to speak to different men's groups and marriage groups. I'll actually be in Australia, Washington, Texas over the next couple of months, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, And I'd love to come to your church. So if your church is looking for a Sunday morning speaker or maybe a speaker for an upcoming retreat, I'd love to come hang out with you. Open up your phone right now, text your pastor, let him know that you found a speaker that would be a good fit for the church. You can get a hold of me directly by emailing me at hello at dadtire.com. Again, text your pastor, let him know you found a good fit for the church, and you can email me directly at hello at dadtired.com. Also, I know there are a lot of guys who really do want to lead their family well, but don't really know what that looks like practically. Uh, if that's you, if you feel like you're in that category, I've put together a free book called Fully Engaged, 10 Practical Ways to Lead Your Family Well. You can read it on your lunch break. It's not super long. It's really practical. It's free. Go to dadtire.com. You can click that first button there that you see download free book. That's my gift to you. I hope that it helps you on your journey of leading your family well. Today we have singer and songwriter Rhett Walker from the Rhett Walker Band joining us. Super humble, funny dude. Uh, He's got a really great and uh, fascinating story about just falling in love with Jesus and some of the hiccups and hardships that he's gone through. So I think you're going to really enjoy this interview and hopefully it helps point you towards Jesus. Thanks for listening. Shame keeps pulling you back If you've looked for answers That the world don't have Come on down to the tent of I- Brett, thanks so much for hanging out with us today, man. For those listening who may not be familiar with you yet, uh, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Well, I am Rhett Walker of the Rhett Walker Band, which was the hardest band name to ever come up with. <laughs> um, but traveling, man, traveling like a wandering man, I guess. I've been on the road, it feels like, all year this year. So we've been running around, and then me and my family decided, hey, we've been in Nashville for 10 years. Let's move back home to the South Carolina, Georgia area, and let's do it while you're on tour. So <laughs> bus rolled into town yesterday at eight in the morning and picked up the moving truck today at eight this morning. Yeah, dude. So you're like, you're moving right now. You're like packing up boxes as we speak. We just finished the truck and okay. you don't realize how much like crap you have until you move. <laughs> and they're That's like, right. why in the world have I kept this around yeah. for 10 years? <laughs> yep. yep. When I, when I started having kids, I started like getting into the whole minimalism movement and mainly because, uh, when, when I move, like I just want there to be like six boxes. Um, that that's like my only real motivation for having no stuff. Yeah. But they'll find a way to get it in. It's true. Especially grandparents, grandparents (laughs) find a way to get some stuff in. Always. Yeah. Dude, I heard, I read in your uh, bio that you started your dad journey journey pretty young. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we we started ours unexpectedly. Um, I was seventeen, and she was eighteen. Wow! And I was it was the summer before my senior year of high school, and so we we had been dating 
for two weeks, um, no, two months, got pregnant, and then two months later, we were married. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. but now it's been 14 years, which is crazy. I have a 13 year old, you know, a 13 year old, 11 year old, five year old, and four month old. Dang, dude. So, our dad tired. Yeah, we started figuring out, we figured out what caused that. So we got cable now, <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it was, it was nuts, you know, cause I, I didn't know what to do. And, and my dad, he, he was, he did a really, really good job. Um, he was like, look, you don't have to marry her. You can marry her. You know, you got to, whatever you're going to do, but you have to forever take care of this young lady and this little baby that you're about to bring into the world. And you're not alone. We're going to help you. And he said, but you have to go before my dad's a pastor. He's like, you have to go before the church and, and tell them what's happened. And I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm too scared yeah. to do that. And he was like, no, you need to go and do that. And uh, so I did. And then I realized why he wanted me to do that. And it's because that church rallied around me and April, wow. my wife. And through our wedding – through the baby shower, we had 800 people at our wedding. I didn't know 800 people. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's just, wow. but we were able to see a, uh, like a pure sense of what I believe God intended the church to be. Yeah. And it was not a, oh my God, Rhett and April's done, you know, screwed it up big time. It was, hey, we, we're all walking this journey together. This just happens to be what y'all are, y'all are facing or up against or are doing. So let's help each other out. So it was really, really, really cool. And I think it set me in April up to succeed and to win in life. Yeah. What, what did you like, what did that do for your faith? Were you, were you like, I I know you were only 17 years old, but do you feel like you were following Jesus pretty seriously in the middle of that? Or like, tell me about your spiritual journey in the midst of that. I would say I realized really quick that I can't get to heaven on my dad's coattails as a pastor. Mm. I always knew Jesus. I always knew the stories. I believed in Jesus and, you know, walked closely with him. It was, you know, it was more of the thing of um, when I started smoking when I was like 15. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Take this cigarette from me and throw the pack of smokes out the window. And, you know, now as an adult, with a real walk with Jesus, I realized actually all I did was just litter boxes of cigarettes all over the <laughs> side of the road. But it, you know, it was the, it was the help when I needed the, uh, the security when I was fearful, that kind of Jesus. And I, I think when April got pregnant, there was no like way to hide it, to get out of it, to say the right thing, to pray the right prayer. It was just Jesus. I have no clue what to do. And I realized this grace I've heard about my entire life from seeing it firsthand. I don't want to raise this kid in a way where they have to wait till they're 17 to realize it. And I want them to know you like I know you now. And so seeing the church rallying around, seeing the, there was, you know, the grace and the love that was, that was poured out and given. I was like, I think it shaped mine and April's marriage too. Like that's, that's who we want to be for other people now. You know, and I mean, we're 31 and 32. We're, I would like to think we're still young and able to run around with, with people. So it's like, we're trying to love on 
on other families who who feel like you know man it's just all hit the fan and i don't feel like i have any foundation to be able to go no you got you got way more than you think you do like god's not caught off guard as a matter of fact god god says you're worth it you know Hmm. Hmm. when you you said that you wanted to raise your uh, kids to to not have to wait till they're in that predicament at seventeen to like make their faith their own. What are some things you're doing, like as a dad, uh, or and learning to to try to point your kids towards Jesus in the early years? Yeah, well, one of the big things now, me and April are still figuring it out. You know how to be a parent, and thankfully, you know God has has led us because we have just screwed these kids up. Um, we homeschool. Thankfully, my wife homeschools because it would be dumb mm-hmm. if I homeschooled. I call myself the principal. <laughs> um, so, I'm but, saying we homeschool too, man. I'm the same way. Yeah, I, did, like, I just say I've got I've got a crush on the teacher. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll, after that, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm always just trying to sleep with the teacher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, man, I hope people don't come in on that part of the story. I hope they listen to <laughs> it before. Um, but no, one of the big things we we did, you know, since the beginning was we treated our kids like little adults. I mm. think they they have the brain capacity way beyond what we usually give kids credit for, and so uh, we've always tried to be like, ma'am, you know, if it's a no or if it's you're not gonna we're not gonna do that or you're in trouble because of this, it's not because I said so. It's always an explained thing because I think they can understand it. So with grace and and mercy and all of these attributes of, of who Jesus is and what he gives out freely, we we explain in that like, hey, I, I, my 13-year-old, you know, if I snap back at her or something, I'm quick to go, hey, I shouldn't have acted like that. Like, you yeah. shouldn't have done this, but I could have shown more grace instead of just saying, hey, be quiet and eat your food. Like, you yeah. deserve more than that. And on a grand scheme of things, I've I've done so much worse, and God wasn't quick to snap at me. So, right. just trying to like, and and it seems dumb and and small, but it's like little things like that where you can always just point back to a bigger picture has helped. And we were quick to tell our kids, um, our eleven and thirteen year old, we told them when they were eleven, um, I think about when they hit eleven, like our story. And like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, me and your mama, we we did this and this happened and and just kind of laid it out. And it was cool because our 13 year old, our oldest, she was like, I made us a family, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, um, my son, he was able to go, OK, I see as a dude, this is what my dad did. So whenever mm-hmm. I go out on the road or on tour, Jet's quick to be like, hey, I'll, I'm going to make sure I take care of the family. I'm going to protect mm. the family. I'm going to lead the charge, you know? Mm. So it's it's little things like that. We we hold everything close to our heart for sure, and we don't just run around telling everybody our story. But at the same time, we were quick to tell our kids about, no, look, there's so you think you're in a, a 13-year-old weird spot. Trust me, it is not the end of the world. It'll be okay. So Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I did want to let you know if you haven't already checked out the podcast Marriage After God by my friends Aaron and Jennifer Smith. It's super good. They talk about really practical stuff from reading the Bible to disciplining your kids to creating family values. Uh, They just tackle all kinds of really practical issues that married couples are facing. 
pause the interview right now, go over there, subscribe to their podcast. And then when this is done, make sure to go and listen to what they've got going. It's super good stuff. There's a lot of guys who listen to this who think, um, you know, they're, they're working a ton, maybe 40, 50, 60 hour weeks, and then they're trying to figure out how to be the best, like, engaged husband and dad when they get home. You're in a unique situation because you're on the road a lot. Like, what are some things you've learned um, to, like, engage time, engage your wife and kids uh, really intentionally when you're actually home since you're away so much? Yeah. First of all, don't ever pretend it doesn't suck hmm. to be gone. Hmm. I mean, I've had so many people like, it gets better. Like, you know what? It doesn't. And I, I say that real quick. Don't only hear that. It doesn't get better because it's a freaking job. Mm-hmm. Like, if any of us could be at home and pay our bills without having to work and just always hang out with our families and go have fun, like, duh, of course we all would. Yeah. But, you know, we're all called to different spots all across the world in different careers and different jobs. And, some of them take us away, the military, you know, 40-hour, 50-hour weeks and uh, these type of positions or a musician or whatever or a pastor. Um, and I've come to realize, too, as I got an adult, like more people travel like crazy. All my friends are pharmaceutical reps, and they're gone sometimes more than I am. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing was to never try to figure out how to, like, make it not be like, man, this this ain't the funnest thing in the world and realize what we actually get to do. And whenever I realize like I'm providing for my kids and I'm, I'm working my butt off so that they can have uh, whatever dream they have, they can chase after so they can eat so we can keep the power on so they can have TV. Like when I started looking through those lens, then when I came home, it, it was a whole different ball game. And at first when I was traveling, it was like, man, I've left my kids to go do this. Like, because what I do is so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, am I getting the vacation while my wife is home with all 700 of our kids? <laughs> or, and and so then one day, so I would go to the, we'd go to the zoo when I got home. Or we'd go to the mall. Or we'd go ice cream. And my wife told me one day, she said, when you come home, I need you to just come home. Mm. Like, because whenever I'm the one punishing the kids while you're gone and then you come home, and it's vacation for a week till you're back on the road, like it, it messes up our whole core schedule of things. Mm. So she was like, I need you to feel okay to sit in your recliner and eat a sandwich and watch TV. Mm. But I need you to feel okay to just jump right back in and punish the. And so when I switched my lens to my job is this, I, and then also knowing I get to do this and God's called me to this, then come home and not have to be Superman dad, but be able to just be an engaged father and an engaged husband. Dude, my life has gotten so much easier. Yeah. And, you know, these are things I don't think people think about with musicians because we get to see the world and, you know, we play music and people pay to go see shows. But it's it's hard and it, it messes with your psyche real quick because you're like, you know, my wife called me the other night, and she was like, I was up all night with our our four-month-old, and I'm thinking, well, I just slept in a bus for 10 hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not going to tell her that. She'll kill me when I go home. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, you can sometimes, you feel bad for being gone too much, or you feel disengaged because you're gone too much. And the reality is, 
you're all one family and you don't get this time back. So live it up the best you can and, and chase it. And that's what I do. And it's ever changing. But the biggest thing I could ever done that changed our marriage and our family was just coming home and being me, not trying to be super dad or super husband, do all the chores, just being back. Mm. And it felt like we never skip a beat that way. Mm. That's huge. That was an unexpected answer. I appreciate that. That's a really cool perspective. Do you feel like you have Thanks. to be more intentional with your wife uh, being gone? Like just even in communication when you're gone or what does communication look like for you when you get, when you're on the road? Yeah. Well, we still talk all the time and, um, just about nonsense half the time, but I always try to take like intentional time before bed and in the middle of the day hmm. to call her, um, and just ask her how her day is. And, you know, not, not just brag about how my day's been or, or just like, Hey, how's your day? It's been kind of crappy. Cool. We went and rode, rode roller coasters. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I call to hear, because I actually care, right. but also we don't try to talk more than we need to. Like we've been married for 14 years. So the other night um, I called her from the bus and we talked for 10 minutes and we had talked for 10 minutes earlier that day. Yeah. So we talked for 20 minutes. But if we would have both been like, we need to talk what rents on the road and we'd have just frustrated each other. Cause that's not what we needed at that moment. Right. Like she needed to tend to the kids and, I was busy working all day. So we first things first is us. And it, if it takes an hour, if it takes 10 minutes, that's first. And then other people, then fans, then pr- promoters and all that stuff. Right. What about like Christian community? Is that a struggle? Just like finding quality friends that like you guys can do life with, with kind of hectic schedules? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, small groups are kind of out of the question a lot of times. Right. Uh, we tried to lead one. <laughs> I felt I felt so bad for the families that it was like, oh, well, we're going to take off for four months and then. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, um, one of the big things for us was was finding a core group of friends that that we can tell our struggles to and you know uh, our greatest victories to, um, because one of the hardest parts for us is you know, being in any type of spotlight or limelight, you know, you get all kinds of people that want to be your friends. Um, but we just, we just try to find like friends in our church, you know, that was like, that didn't care what the band was or who I was or who she was. And, and that was the best thing for us. And then like family, like we're moving back to South Carolina, uh, to be around family because we've been gone for 10 years Mm. and, it was weird because my dad has asked me 300,000 times when y'all going to move back. And he just opened up a new building. Their church has built a new building. And so I went down there and he asked me the same question and it hit me different than it's ever hit me. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. We, why would I still be in Nashville? Mm. You know? And cause all my rights are planned three weeks out. Meetings are three weeks out. So I'll just fly back up. But it's like, man, to be close to family, and we get to do that now, we, we couldn't earlier. We had to move out here. We had to take that leap of faith and that step. So, yeah. you know, to be able to, to move back to family now. So all of that was not really what you, you asked for. You asked a totally smaller question that's than a, I rambled no, on. No, that's all right, man. But, but, yeah, being intentional with her in that way per day and then our surroundings and our friends and all of that. So Yeah. 
Tell us about your music, man. What do you got going on these days, music-wise? Just put out a new EP, six songs. Uh, funnest record I've ever made. Really? Seriously. How, why? Yeah. How come? I just think all of the uh, all of the noise was silenced, and I put on blinders. I didn't look left or right. I just pushed on and looked forward, you know, and and wrote what I wanted to, no matter the style, hmm. um, just whatever kind of came out. Now it's real easy, you know, to get in your head. And I'm sure, you know, with you and just what you do too, it's like, no, like RMO is this, this is what type of things we do. Right. And it was cool to just be like, man, whatever comes out is what's going to come out. Hmm. And we went with it and, and put it out. So we're, we're out on the road right now with seventh time down, um, till the end of October. Okay. And then start up some new shows and tours top of the year. Sweet. So how can guys get connected with you? I'm, I imagine they can get the music wherever music sold and then just your website to like find out tour dates and stuff. Yeah. Rettwalkerband.com, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, all that good stuff. Um, but then like Instagram and Facebook, I run, Okay, I run ours. So label tried to, and I was like, no, sounds boring <laughs> so i run it because then i can take you know photos of me on the road and all the places i get to see and just interact with people and i love people in general um so it's always cool to like meet new people and hear their stories so yeah find me on instagram facebook or twitter i just found you right now Rhett walker band i'm hitting the Boom, giant look at that. follow button dude follow that follow that. that i will be following you back all right man Yep, we'll stay in touch there. And I'll, obviously, if you're a listener listening to this, go follow Rhett there. Sweet, dude. Well, I appreciate it. I know you're busy, man. You're like, you got, like you said, a billion kids and moving and you got a lot of stuff going <laughs> on, man. So thank you for uh, taking the time to squeeze in a little bit of conversation with us. Tell us a little piece of your story, man. But hopefully, are you coming dude, to the West Coast? Me. Yeah, of course. You, you coming to the West Coast at all on the next tour? Not on this tour right now. How come uh, nobody comes to the West Coast? The next one? Dude, we do all the time. Really? We'll, we'll be back. Like last summer, we were in like Northern California and Oregon and Washington like nonstop. All right. Which is crazy. I think we're an anomaly to them. They're like, who are these rednecks that sound weird? Especially in Portland, dude. That's where <laughs> I'm from, Portland. We're just like, what? You know, we're trying to figure out. <laughs> I could live there. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. I love it. I'm kind of getting over it, to be honest. Um, cause it's getting, <laughs> it's getting a little crowded. Um, I, well, dude, it's like 135,000 degrees here today. I'm, not exaggerating. Yeah. So if you get over it, you can come <laughs> back and see this. <laughs> uh, what you're moving back to South Carolina, you said. Yeah. Which is even worse. Really? Heat wise. Is, like it's just, it's a seventh layer of hell there. I think is, is, uh, I've only spent a little bit of time in the Carolinas and I can never remember is, is Hilton head. In South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's on the coast. It is pretty out is there. Is that like a false representation of South Carolina, Hilton Head? No, I wouldn't say. I'd say it's about right. It's just the heat is like if you take a shower and go out on a date with your spouse, like you might as well just not shower. Gross. <laughs> it's just going to be sweating. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty gross. So do they have, so we're going on all kinds of tangents. I know you got to go. Do they have cruises that leave out of there? No, your closest is New Orleans. Really? I thought there was cruises that left out of one of the Carolinas. Not that I know okay. of. There's Florida, New Orleans, and then 
upstate like New York and stuff. I'm going to fact check you on that, bro. Cause I, th- cause I, I, I might be wrong. Well, I'm not a, I don't cruise all the time. Well, you want to go on a cruise? We're going on a dad tired cruise 2020 and come lead worship for us. Dude, I would love that. My gosh, that, what a great idea too. Are you serious? Well, we'll uh, we can talk details. I can figure out who I need to talk to and get you. Heck yeah. Come lead word. Yeah. We've got, we're doing a cruise 2020, man. Uh, we'll take care of your family. If you come out and lead worship for us, we'll figure it out and figure out the details. We can talk more seriously Done. about that offline, but We'll probably have two more kids by then. There you go. We'll have to book like six <laughs> rooms for your family. <laughs> can you guys just sleep in the auditorium? Uh, yeah, can y'all just stay in here? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. That's well, awesome. I appreciate you taking the time, dude. We'll stay in touch. Just followed you on Instagram, so we'll stay in touch there too. Right. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, man. Bye.